guys, and welcome back to Let's Face Reality with Bravo. I'm Lena, and I'm here joined by the one and only Susie Poozy Loozy Woozy. How are oh you today? Oh my gosh. Hi, Lean Bean Machine. What's up? I'm great. Lean Bean Machine. That's a cute one. I've been called Lean Cuisine. Lean, Lean Cuisine. Bean. Guys, my parents have always told me since I was a kid that my, I don't have a nickname for my name because apparently Lena in its own is already a nickname, but Susie got everything. She got Susie Q, Susie Poozy Loozy Woozy from me. Sisters always want what they don't have. <laughs> Whatever. Susu. No, actually, sisters Susie. always want what their sisters have. I feel like that's always. That is true. Guys, when so we were true. kids, Suzanne wouldn't let me use the pink crayon color. I'm still scarred by that till now. She would take it away from me. She would take it out of my coloring box. If I would try to use it, she wouldn't let me use it. I was tired of sharing. She always got the better looking Barbie dolls. She always got the better looking Barbie no, doll clothes. No, no, we didn't. I just chose better. We were always allowed to get a brand she new Barbie got doll. The, my mom always liked to dress us like twins, but Susan always got the better color and things. <laughs> my mom always made us have the same hairstyle, too. And then we grew up and... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We would have the same hairstyle. I don't know. It was nice. I feel like now we've gone back to... Um, I don't know. We don't, like, like, wear matching clothes, but, like, we kind of try to. <laughs> yeah, but, well, I make Susan pick my clothes when she's here. <gasps> but, yeah. And then I end up wearing her clothes. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I could steal them. She already does. Next time I, when I come to California, I'm going to come steal some. No. <laughs> the ones that you, you don't want. I think I have a bag of okay. stuff. Have them ready for me. Okay. Don't give them to okay. your friends. I, I don't. Good. I, I was just going to throw it away. <laughs> no. Okay. You guys see what I deal with? She has all these nice clothes that she gets. And some of them are nice. Some, some random thing. I don't care. They're nice to me. See, she always thinks they're not nice. But no, no, I love some all things, her clothes. Some things are like, okay, I don't know. No shade to this company. But like I used to have a Fabletics subscription. Oh. I mean, who wears Fabletics? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Who does? I don't know. But like I, there, there's Did a you? ton of stuff like that that I. What? Did you like Fabletics? That's okay. I feel like it was originally athletic clothes and then it. Turned into like crack? weird lounge wear. What was that voice crack? Did my voice crack? I, I didn't even hear that. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear it. Breathing problems. Okay. I choked on a, a, a meat chop. A meat chop? Yeah, like when we were eating dinner. Oh, the bamia? I choked. What's bamia? Oh, oh, it was okra. Okras. Oh, he said ochres. Ochras. Wait, ochras with white rice today? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into this episode. Yeah, let's get into it. Relentless Erica. Yeah, season 12, episode 10. They made it seem like this was focusing all on Erica this episode, but it was actually focused on Garcelle and the Dorit situation. Yeah, it was was definitely more Garcelle, Mm -hmm. Dorit focused. Yeah. I feel like it needed to be after that last one. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love Erica. She's she's doing great this, uh, this Erica's season. hilarious. Yeah. She is carrying the show. When she said she's a showwoman. She, showman. She showman. Is, she, she is a is, showman. She really is. She's like, you ladies are boring as hell. I need to say something. <laughs> but, okay, so we left off on Crystal's Taco Tuesday party. And Erica had asked Denise who's more profitable, her or her daughter Sammy. To nice. which Denise gives her this schmuck look on her face and tells Erica, you're unbelievable. <laughs> And Erica says, I am. Mm-hmm. And Kyle goes, well, I think Lent is over. 
And Erica tells Denise that this has nothing to do with her kids and brings up how they all talk about threesomes and these sexual things in front of their in front of her kids. And then Denise says that she didn't say anything. But Erica tells her, you talked about your husband's schlong in front of your kids. <gasps> to which production does show proof of this, guys. They show a flashback of Denise talking about her husband's thing in front of her children at that dinner a few seasons ago and Sutton which I was annoyed that Sutton confirmed this in her confessional and not to Denise's face which I wish they had more balls to do that see that's the problem with the Beverly Hills ladies they say everything in their confessional um so Denise keeps denying that she never said in front of her kids but Erica tells her that no she's right and Denise says that she's wrong and they continue to do this back and forth thing and then Erica Gets to her point and says that they all spoke about these things, but Denise chose to single out Erica and only talk to her about it in front of, like, instead of all the ladies. And it showed that Erica did apologize for it seasons ago. So Denise is just, just kind of like fighting about nothing, and that that's just what it comes to. Yeah, it's like Denise Ugh. just wanted us something. I don't, I don't know. know. Like I feel like Denise was picking a fight and she came like rumbling and tumbling, no and I just feel like she like gave up the minute yeah. the minute that I feel like more facts were presented. I I feel like she she doesn't know how to fight back. It's like any time Erica says something, all Denise goes, "You're yes, you're mean. Me- yeah, you're mean, Erica. You're unbelievable. unbelievable. You're rude." Why do you say that? Why do you say the things Girl, that you say? Girl, I don't like fighting with people that say stuff like that. And this Erica. isn't a fight anymore. But they both then sip, sip their tea and they're just staring at each other. And they're, <laughs> and they're just looking. And then Erica says that she didn't want this fight. But Denise said Erica did want this to deflect from her own problems. But Erica says that she hasn't been deflecting from anything. To which Denise says, Really? And you're the one that claims you didn't know $20 million was deposited in your account. Oh. Like, Denise, we've already uh, been over this, though. She, we've been bringing this up yeah, for like, two seasons I, now. We've been over it. What What is she trying? What is she trying to bring? I, like, what is what is she doing? And then Kim just says that this is her cue to leave. And Kim Richards is out of there. And we get Erica telling Denise that she failed and then Erica leaves too. And Erica says in her confessional, don't come for me when you're only $7 on OnlyFans. <laughs> she loves that word. Uncalled for. Uncalled And then for. Kyle decides to finally talk Suzanne. She finally decides to talk. And she goes, well, it should be the children in the family that are off limits. And Garcelle just goes and asks Kyle, why now do you decide to say something and step in and not step in to defend Denise? Mm. And Kyle just goes and says that no one stands up for her and no one stood up for her when they questioned about Mauricio cheating on her. But I like that Garcelle was very straight up and she admits in her confessional that she didn't defend Kyle because she wanted to know about her marriage and her change in lifestyle too. And then Crystal just says that Erica's coming back with like Erica is coming back to the old Erica, which is saying things that she shouldn't do, which is attacking children. But like, I, I don't know. I didn't see it as Erica attacking Denise's children. Did you? Well, I think I, I think maybe what the women are talking about is more or maybe what Crystal's referring to is like how Erica's kind of willing to get in the fight and get in a fight and kind of be dirty about it. Like, I think Erica's ways, like she is someone that's probably going to have a bit of like a dirtier mouth that you need mm. to like scrub with some Irish spring soap. You know yeah. what I she's mean? She's that girl in Catholic school that was constantly in detention. Yeah, for like she's almost like the out. 
bad girl you see in school that she seems like a ton of fun. You want to be friends with her, but everyone tells you to kind of like be careful. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I feel like that's probably what it is. Like Erica always keeps trying to like portray that she has turned a new leaf. She's become clean or, you know, the Lent stuff and all of that. But yeah, I think she's like, you know, she is what she is. Yeah. You know, I see that. So then we go and we see Sun talking to her fish. They're not responding to her, obviously. Um, and Kyle comes home with her daughter from school. Seems like she had just picked her up. And her daughter asks her what's for dinner. But Kyle says that if it's not complicated, she can make it. So does this mean that Kyle can't cook? Kyle can't make food? She's a mom of like five daughters or four daughters. And she can't make food? Does she have a chef? Well, she always has a chef when she has events. Oh, so uh-huh. yeah. Then I think that's exactly what it means. <laughs> then we see Garcelle FaceTime her son, and it seems like uh, Ashlyn is next to her son. Uh, I forgot which name. I don't know if this guy was Jaden or Jax. I feel like it was Jaden. Uh, and they're in bed watching a movie together, and she was like, where's your dad? And he was like, he's right over there. But this mm. is why boys like to go to their dad's house. Their dads let them do whatever they want. Always. I'm not surprised. And then we get to uh, Dorit's house where Erica's coming over. And Dorit actually makes her daughter fetch them Coca-Cola. I'm surprised they're not actually drinking or anything. They have all been sober lately. And Dorit asks Erica what happened after she left. And Erica just explains that Denise was going off on how Erica talked to her daughters. And she explained that she still doesn't know exactly what's upsetting Denise. And then tells Dorit that she told her that salacious line <laughs> about asking who's more profitable on OnlyFans. And Dorit just has this evil laugh. Oh, like, my oh, God. It's goodness. just every time they mention it, it just gets more scandalous. Yeah. I just don't know. I like, just feel like Dorit was happy to hear that, though, because she was like, oh, they weren't talking about Oh, my me God. Dorit's oh, too happy. Yeah. But then Eric asks Dorit about her and Garcelle's convo. And we pan to Garcelle FaceTiming Sutton. And Sutton looks very sad on this FaceTime call. And she just tells Garcelle that she didn't like seeing Garcelle's face after Dorit's comment. And Garcelle says that she cried to sleep and didn't feel better the next day. And she just explains in her confessional that the ladies in this group would know better than to use certain words or to say certain things that Dorit doesn't get. And that she, like, Dorit doesn't get her and Dorit isn't in her world. And Dorit's just in her own bubble with rainbows and unicorns. And Garcelle explains that she didn't lunge at her or grab her for her to use the word attack. Yeah, so I don't. I completely understand. I mean, that, I don't know. I just, and even verbally, oh, it wasn't it even an attack. Not, it she wasn't. didn't call her a name. Garcelle She didn't raise so her voice. Oh if gosh. anything, Dorit is probably upset that Garcelle had such a good delivery mm-hmm. and She's that she so was put in her it. place in the best way possible. I don't think there's anything Garcelle could have said that would have made me mad at Garcelle. It would have only just made me feel ashamed at myself. I would have been so embarrassed, so embarrassed. and wanted to go MIA and yeah. wanted to send a bouquet of flowers. So, and... oh my God. Dorit you know, Garcelle's no... getting a lot of hate for this, by the way. People are like, you're just making this about race and stuff. Well, no, Garcelle said in the beginning, she doesn't want to come on the show and make anything about race, but yeah. Dorit is making it about race with her microaggressions. Like, yeah. I'm even like, oh, I don't know. It's the just thing because is, I've Dorit's been seeing microaggressions Dorit do this. are so obvious. She's been doing this since Garcelle came like, on the so show. It's so obvious It's been clear point. and adamant. It's, 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 it was just like uncalled for. It's like she's never dealt with a person of color before. Not even dealt. Yeah. I, like, just been around. Does, yeah. she, does her circle of friends not contain I mean, she had to make sure she posted that picture to prove that that just proves that she, that she doesn't friend. hang around them. That Which is, again, proves. so insensitive. Ugh. Oh, it's so weird. Lord. So she's using her black friend card. Like, can I take a picture of you to post you on social media? Yeah, to prove and I'm I mean, literally right after the episode airs. Ew. Please. Ew. But 
Dorit tells Erica that she needed a few days to process everything. Why did Dorit, like, process what? That you're being a racist? <laughs> <laughs> what? And Dorit says in her confessional that when she used the word attack, she didn't mean to have a connotation that would trigger or offend Garcelle. Mm. And now Dorit is trying to get a grasp on how to approach this. I can't. I can't. Um, but we see Sutton. Uh, Sutton is meeting with her annoying, annoying, annoying matchmaker. Why is she so obnoxious? She's too chippery. She's she, too positive. The way she talks, I just I like the way she's I like. Couldn't. She's like, and how are you doing today, Sutton? Are you ready? Do you want to hear the feedback? Do you want to hear the feedback? Face, Sutton looks at her like, why are you? Are you on crack? I don't know. Like, how many monsters did she drink before she? Or she took like three Adderalls. I don't or even know. Like, she's just so wired. And Sutton looks at her like, "You're not doing a good job." Mm-mm. And that lady's just like, "Oh, Sutton, no. you're so funny." <laughs> like, I fought. How has Sutton not fired her yet? But Sutton <laughs> says they, uh, like, so the lady basically asks her, "How was it with Sal?" Because Sal apparently had given Sutton great feedback, and Sutton says that he talked about his mother too much, and we get these flashbacks of. Every single time he brings her up. And the matchmaker says that generally he had a great time. And the Sutton sounded like a great mom. He felt captivated from the date. But he said that Sutton didn't come across as an individual who makes a lot of jokes. <laughs> to which Sutton says she didn't even see the funny side of Sal. Which I didn't either. I didn't like, either. He was okay, not, you're not funny. funny. You cannot ask for the other person. I know. Funny. If you're not funny, you can't judge on someone get else's humor. Okay. I actually find Sutton to be pretty funny. Hilarious. She's kooky hilarious. She's kooky. Okay. Yeah, she's just like a And crazy. if you don't get it, you can't be with her. She's just a little kooky little lady. But the lady just keeps laughing. And then the matchmaker says that it seems like Sutton wasn't into him. So she wants to help Sutton give indicators of interest, giving compliments and showing interest. It was just the way that she delivered this information. Yeah, okay, like, like, okay, it's the way that she's like, well, as your matchmaker who is successful in this enterprise, you know, it would appear Sutton that maybe you're not like slightly interest. any interest. What if she's not interested though? What if she's like, not she interested? But like she wasn't interested. It was a terrible match. Like Sutton and was literally Sutton just that. told you he talked about his mama a little too much. Yeah, but I don't know. I didn't like her approach in this at all. And no. the matchmaker just shows Sutton this new client who's a VP of sales. He's tall. He's very handsome. Uh, I'll tell you that. He's a beautiful man. And I just, I kind of hope this one works out for Sun. But then I, we meet the guy and I'll get into it in a second when, once we get there. But this stupid matchmaker does end up telling Sutton that she could easily set Sutton up with a billionaire, but she isn't because she wants Sutton to be with like a good man. And Sutton looks at her like, I want a billionaire. Like, yeah. I'm freaking getting $300,000 every month. Like Why she's like, don't not? worry. That'll suit me just fine. Yeah. That, That'll suit me just fine. I would fine. fire that matchmaker the second she told me. I'd I be so done with her antics. I don't even think like just from her interactions with Sun, I just don't feel like I would trust her. Me either. I don't. <laughs> I don't. And the way she's being overly nice, that's all really oh, fake. Oh, it's too it's much. Own, okay? It's too much. But we see Kyle and Kim and they're basically just talking about their mom and stuff. And Kyle brings up the hummingbird thing, which I still didn't get it after Kyle explained it. Basically, uh, she <laughs> I explained- rewatched that scene just to understand what I she did. was talking like, what? about. She explains that after that limo scene in season one where she exploited her sister for being an alcoholic, the next day she woke up and she walked into the kitchen and there was a hummingbird laying on the floor. Well, no, it it sounded like the backyard, like the patio Uh for the backyard. She went outside and there was a hummingbird on the floor. Mm. And to her, she felt like that was a sign because like Mm. that her mom was displeased at her from her grave. 
I guess. So a dead hummingbird. Something about her mom like. I, would, I don't believe stuff like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't believe stuff like that, but sometimes like you are getting omens if you find like certain birds uh-huh. like i, I don't, don't know like that. okay for example like one time i saw a red cardinal and i looked it up like i don't know what does that mean because mm-hmm. i just had never seen that bird before and it was basically like i don't know it's a symbol of new beginnings wow. so i don't know maybe like seeing a dead bird so could, you're corny too i don't uh, maybe maybe but yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Like, I don't know. Why would the first thing you want to think is that your mom is mad at you? But then again, it's probably because you got in a fight with your sister. So I mean, their mom traumatized So that them. is the first thing. But Kim, they actually start talking about Kim's daughter's wedding. This is why Kim's even here. And Kim just doesn't want anywhere. She doesn't want anyone to be at her wedding that isn't in a good place with one another. And Kim really wants to resolve things between Kathy and Kyle. And Kyle ends up being a little aggressive with Kim here. When they talk about the Kathy, Kathy situation, Kyle just kind of goes at her and tells her, like, you don't understand, you don't know the full velocity of the situation. And it's just clear also when they're talking about their mom. Kim and Kyle are extremely careful with the way they talk about their mom. And for those who know, their mom was very abusive and exploited them. And I think Kyle got the, like, the less brunt of it she didn't she wasn't as exploited as her sisters were so it just feels like stockholm syndrome in a way when all kim does is just talk about how much she loves their mom and stuff and they just always talk our mom would never let us be separate from one another i don't know it's just i get they have ptsd from their mom it's clear and kyle this is why she i feel like she gets ptsd from kathy because kathy's reminding her of her mom i feel like this was the rawest conversation yeah. I had seen Kyle and Kim ever have on TV and I feel like especially for Kyle like Kyle to me is very performative like oh, I yeah, feel like she definitely. is so good at being composed she always knows what the right thing is to say she knows how to maintain her image and I feel like it's very rare to really see Kyle like be true and raw and authentic and mm-hmm. I feel like this conversation with Kim was like very I don't know, just a kind of a nice moment for television. I feel like Bravo has had a lot of very good, like, gem moments yeah. lately. So yeah, they have. It's been nice. Love to see that. It's actually real TV. Well, speaking of real, it's the same with the next scene when we see Crystal with her husband. The most raw, I think a lot of girls could feel with what she talked about, but we'll get there in a second. So it seems like it's Passover. So they're having some, like, Jewish dinner or something celebration. And Crystal explains how Chinese culture and Jewish cultures are very similar, but I didn't know how. Like, I would feel like Middle Eastern culture is closer to Jewish culture or Hispanic culture is closer because we all do, you know, but Chinese culture? Is it? I mean, honestly, I don't know much about Chinese culture for me to say. I just feel like any race or any traditions outside of America, we're all very similar. Yeah, we're all very similar. We all believe, we kind of do the same thing. Yeah, So totally. um, But Crystal tells her kids that, so as her kids are leaving, I noticed this on my second rewatch that Crystal tells her kids because they ask for dessert. She goes, you can either pick dessert or TV. And then they pick TV. And I was like, that's actually smart. Oh my God. (laughs) You pick one or the others. That's really smart. Yeah. She's a very strict mom. I can see. But she talks about how the ladies keep bringing up that Crystal isn't engaging and she doesn't speak up and how quiet she always is. So they show a flashback of a cut scene that they should have aired last week, but they 
used it as a flashback scene of Crystal screaming at the ladies that they will only listen to her if she raises her voice. Okay, wait. How much do you feel like they just included that scene after they noticed Everyone everyone's reception yep. of the last episode because we did not see it? Yeah. I feel like they added that in after they saw everyone's yep. comments. They like, had to. I feel like, and then they probably also because wanted to have Crystal have a have sit down with her husband. Yeah. Because why? Why did they not do that? Why are they cutting her scenes out? Why I bring her in anyways? Why bring an Asian lady as a housewife if you're not going to give her a story? Yeah, line? no, seriously. So annoying. I, I want to see more of her. The other ladies are boring. Yeah, oh, I like boring. I like Crystal. And um, and I think the fact that she's married to the guy that created Toy Lion Story. King? Oh, Lion King. Oh, sorry. Lion King. Oops. Yeah. Uh, still so cool. And Stuart Little, I think. And there was like, oh, three other ones. Oh, yeah. The best. I know, right? But... Her husband explains to her that she does have strong opinions and she just needs to share those. And then this, I feel like this is when you told me that really hit for you in the statement where Crystal points out how all the ladies are so skinny and she can't focus because all she does around them is compare her body to theirs. And then she doesn't know what they're saying and isn't paying attention because all she does is focus on her body and how it differentiates from other ladies' bodies. And she worded this so perfectly. So many women feel that, especially like when you gain a little weight or you're a little thicker than what you're normally used to. You start saying like, oh, dang, I just just two weeks ago, I look like whatever her body is or something. Oh, yeah. No, that's the epitome of body dysmorphia. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like it gets so bad to the point where like you're in your head. Um, just you, you're too worried about how people are perceiving your body yep. and it makes you not present. You're yeah. just not there with people. You're too focused on how people are looking at you mm-hmm. rather than focusing on what people are saying Yeah, and like how they're engaging with you and maybe like how they're just enjoying your company instead of it being about what you think they're seeing. Yeah. No. It was very powerful. So that's that's a really powerful thing. That's why we need more crystal guys. And I think, and I think like so many women struggle with this like our age, younger, oh, yeah. older. And now with TikTok it's and universal. stuff. It's a, universal. Oh, it's, it's a lot, Everywhere. Man. It's a lot. But uh, we see Crystal. She talks about her brother again. She hasn't been talking to him as much since he went to go visit China. Um, she feels like her brother resents her because she feels like she's the reason him and his girlfriend broke up. She says she feels like it might have been when their dad got sick that she shifted into this mother role and it made her put too much pressure on her brother and control him. So she says that she wants to check herself, take a step back and let her brother be. And I love the awareness here. Love that. Love it. Keep it going. I wish every other housewife felt that. Very but <laughs> we see Sutton go on her date. I loved it in the beginning. His name is Steve. He's a cute man with some white hair. This is the first time I've seen Sutton look flirty. Like, for real. She seemed excited. She softened. I saw the younger version of Sutton come out in her. But when she flirts, she says, I always like a silver head of hair. (laughs) I feel like this is a reference. This is a reference to when uh, when she was talking to the matchmaker and the matchmaker was telling her that she needs to give more compliments. And then Sutton was saying, like, what do I compliment your belt you got a great belt i'm not gonna tell him that yeah and then <laughs> and then the matchmaker's just like well wait why what's wrong with that and she's just like well what if he thinks i'm like pay causing attention to the uh, nether re- uh, the the area oh oh my god like <laughs> i can't i can't i don't know i just feel like why is it so hard to compliment someone i feel like some know. some girls don't like to, you know, because it's like we don't want to make guys' heads too big. But then guys also always say that they are never complimented. So guys also deserve to be complimented because they don't hear it as much as I know, but do. not at the beginning. 
Yeah. Okay, I see that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That, but <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't know. So there was a red flag with me with Steve, but it's when so he asks Sutton what she wants to eat. She says she doesn't care, but then Sutton goes and says, "But I don't eat meat or chicken or spicy food." <laughs> Or a lot of things. So he just looks at her and he goes, she'll have a salmon. So he orders her a sandwich. I mean, pretty smart. So basically he asks Sutton what she's looking for in a partner other than looks. And she says, uh, an outgoing person who likes to travel and laugh. And Sutton apparently loves true crime murder podcasts. And apparently he loves karaoke. But my red flag in him is that he said he played a scene. Like he's trying to be an actor, basically. So he played, like, I don't know if it was a dead guy in some scene or whatever. What? But him saying he wanted to be an actor was my big red flag. I was like, ding, ding, ding. He just oh, wants to my God. Camera. I missed that. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. Why? Why? Oh, why? So I just don't want him to be using You're a VP of sales and you want to pivot into acting. Yeah. Very interesting. Seems like VP of sales is the job, you know, for stability. But acting is what his passion it's is. It's his passion. Yeah. Let's hope he makes it. I mean, so We've been rewatching like Desperate Housewives. Maybe he could oh be God, like yes. one of. Maybe oh. he could be like a, a Doctor Orson Hodge. That literally, I was character. Thinking, oh, yeah, was, we're gonna be watching Desperate Housewives. When Mike Delfino, Plumber V two. I love Mike Delfino. No, ooh, not Mike Delfino. I don't love him. I love <laughs> Susan's uh, ex husband in it. Oh God. Yeah, not not my sister Susan. Oh yeah, Susan. Not me, that's in Desperate Housewives. Yeah. My sister's a single woman out here. <laughs> Okay, so we get into the final part, which is Garcelle meeting with Dorit. And I felt like Garcelle came into this wanting this to be a quick, have the conversation she wanted to leave because I felt like Garcelle didn't want to order anything. She didn't want to eat anything. Um, And when she first comes, it's very quiet. Like, Dorit, you're the one who should have said something. Dorit sits there waiting for Garcelle to initiate. But then Dorit asks for them to look at the menu which Garcelle does not look at the menu she just kind of looks up while Dorit is looking and Dorit ends up ordering just a salad the silence is also deafening she is yes. like focused staring I felt the awkwardness at this menu the she is looking for all the answers to this conversation and after she after she or after she looks at the menu she goes to be honest, the food is secondary to me right now. Like, like what? Okay, then why did we just waste yeah, well, two we... full minutes? I could have run my iPhone timer yes. to detect how much time you're wasting. I don't get it. Uh, sorry, I have like a hiccup. Yeah. I just, I just but Garcelle continues, and she explains that the other night the word attack hit her in the wrong place. And she tells Dorit that the certain words pointed at her have a different impact. She tells Dorit not to say aggressive, attacked, or angry because label it labels a black person. And Garcelle tells Dorit that she needs to be aware of who she's talking to and what she's saying to them. And Dorit gets defensive. What does she end up saying? Oh, um. Guys, this is how I know my sister's not paying attention. So, like, you know, during popcorn reading when the teacher calls out. Oh, yeah, out, sorry. Like, where I'm are we? Good. No, Lena, you're good. You're tell good. us what we're reading right now. <laughs> no, no, that's Le- not what I mean. See, I was testing her no. right there, guys. I was seeing no, what not at all. But basically, like Dorit just gets really defensive, and she just goes on about how when we use the word and it has been used a hundred times in this group, flashbacks of the word attacked used on white people. Like literally, <laughs> and- <laughs> all the times of attacked used in this fr- and and Housewife Beverly Hills was towards a white woman in it. Because then Garcelle points out. She goes towards me, towards me, and Dorit, obviously, she says, well, I don't know whom the word attack was toward. <laughs> okay, then Dorit, this entire point you're making, that's it. And literally, she made no point. 
Mm-mm. She made no point. And then, and then basically, like, Dorit explains her intent was innocent and that she's sorry if it offended Garcelle. And Garcelle tells her that she was crying all night and the next day and that it triggered her. But, like, Dorit asked Garcelle if she feels like she had bad intentions, which, of course, Garcelle says yes. Yeah, like, the point of, course, of this, the point of this brunch meeting is because the intention was like ill and like it was an like Ill it was Ill, Ill intended. Yes. Um. And so basically, Dorit just goes, "I feel like I need to be able to defend myself." There's nothing to defend. Yeah. And what she keeps talking, and like she basically cuts off Garcelle to tell her that she needs to defend herself, basically, because she's like, "Garcelle, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you finish your thought, but like basically, just gonna let you know that as you are sharing things, mm. I want you to say everything that you want to say, yeah. oh. but I'm just gonna." Let let you know that I am going to want to be able to defend myself. Racist. Like, Racist. why did you feel like you had to say that? You're already that was another impli- microaggression. That was you it. implying that Garcelle's about to attack you again. Yep. Did you not just imply that Garcelle's going to attack you again? You literally stopped Garcelle to say, I'm going to let you finish. But, but you just pulled up Kanye. And she ended it with... It hurts me that you... Why are you hurt? Why are you hurt? Who hurt you? Who hurt you? Sad. I don't know. She drives me I don't get it. But Garcelle tells Dorit, I feel there's a pattern with you. And I don't know if you're aware or not, but I'm just going to be completely blunt. It feels like an unconscious Karen behavior with you. And of course, Dorit says oh. this accusation holds a lot of implications, which, oh, no. yeah, it does. And it freaking should. Um, and I still didn't feel like she was grasping the concept of it, though. She was acting like she was. But as she's sitting there, I, I can see it through her eyes. She's not nothing. It's blank. But it's that's, going in through but in that's one ear coming her out the act. Other. That's her act. She's going to act like Garcelle saying nothing. And honestly, I have dealt with people like this before. They are very hard people to deal with. Like, these are people that are going to, to counter everything you say. Like, everything you say is debatable. I don't have time for those. They're not going to sit They're mentally draining. They're they're literally draining. Their whole argument tactic is to exhaust you. You're just going to be talking in circles. They're never going to agree to a fact or a Mm -hmm. statement as long as you're the one saying it. Yeah. So, oh my God. That's what happens though. But Garcelle goes and tells Dorit that two years ago they talked about people of color and they show a flashback of Dorit talking about how all her employees are people of color. And when Garcelle was like, um... Are the only people of color you talk to people who you pay? And Dorit goes, well, my mom's best friend is black. What? The literal, oh, my God. Oh and Garcelle just asks Dorit if there has been growth since that incident with Dorit talking about her black employees. Mm. And Dorit asks, what does it feel like? Uh, I'm a racist? And Garcelle goes, no, you know what? If there is a racist undertone, that's not my fault. Mm. I'm glad Dorit ended up using the word racist because I didn't want Garcelle to say it first, but I wanted it to come out. And then Dorit delivers this amazing <laughs> line. This amazing, amazing, amazing Here line. Here we go. Here we go. You do realize I'm Jewish, Garcelle, right? <laughs> um, excuse me, ma'am. What? What does Ma'am. that have to do with anything Ma'am. Garcelle says back? Uh, are not most Jewish people Ashkenazis? Right? 
Well, really no, are know. they not Ashkenazis? Do people not know what an Ashkenazi Jew is? They They're don't. Russian, mm-hmm. Eastern Russian. When we were in Egypt, they were literally everywhere. They were everywhere. Yeah, we like them. not even. So, like, no. Oh my God. And again, being Jewish is a religion. Okay, you're not Jewish by race. So, come on, Darude. Just Anyways, just saying, but, just saying. Well, you know, Dorit then goes, well, I was reduced to privilege. And Dorit tells, like, Garcelle tells Dorit, like, you have a privileged life. And Dorit goes, well, you have a privileged life as well. Like, she's not, I think she's not understanding the privilege that Garcelle is yeah. talking about. It's the systemic privilege and just in general privilege of life that Dorit has over Garcelle. Totally. Does she not? She's not, talking about, she's well, not, she's not gonna, talking about money. Basically, she's not checking her privilege. As as far as Dorit's concerned, like, she thinks everyone is... You know like, what was also... On top of Dorit saying that she is Jewish, she also says that since they both come from marginalized backgrounds, they'd have... She thought that her and Garcelle would have a more common background. Does... Um, is being Jewish a marginalized background? Or am I being an asshole here? Um, I mean, I'm not trying to be like racist or anything. I'm just, I, I'm not even being racist. I'm just, I'm for real, because she's white. So where's the marginalized background here? I don't know. Does the I religion think she's actually trying... take matter? No. Well, she's trying to say that like it's a targeted group, like how how are they targeted? Black people would be, but they're but, not. But they're the ones but who they're... run the world. Like, well, well, it, no, no, not in that way. Like, they control the banks. They control like all these things that. Christians well, are exactly. controlling. That's why Christians aren't controlling the banks. Muslims aren't controlling the banks. Like every other Hindus aren't controlling it. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I know. But the it's like the government. Here? It's the government. I don't know. We don't know. We don't we know don't, who controls us. We really don't. Stuff. We really don't know who controls us stuff. I'm just saying, like they're fine. Well, Dorit's you fine. know we're not that, so we wouldn't know. <laughs> Dorit's white. Anyways, okay, moving on. So, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. But so, it ends up being where Dorit tells Garcelle that she did. She made, Garcelle makes Dorit feel that she's walking on eggshells. <laughs> like, I feel like this is another thing that she's saying that's low-key a little <laughs> <laughs> microaggression. <laughs> oh, my so God. So they just leave it off where Garcelle says she doesn't want any conflict. She's moving on. But you could tell Garcelle hates her guts. And Garcelle's she's done with her forever. Because the scene isn't going to go anywhere. And Mm-mm. that's where we leave off the episode. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel like there was no resolution here. There was no resolution. Not at all. But you know what? Uh, Garcelle did her part. She did a great job. I loved how she was able to talk back with Dorit. Dorit oh, my God. We forgot stupid. to mention how the waiter came in at the oh, beginning. Oh, yes. my God. They had literally just sat Is that a pro- down. Did production do that? Did they push okay, it? They were so, like, go. So now, me go. and Lena have this theory that when the manager came in, like, intruding on the beginning of their talk because basically they had just sat down and they're being really quiet and Dorit's not saying anything. And then they start looking at the menus. And then as soon as Dorit puts down the menu, they like start talking and Dorit basically had said something like, okay, I'm going to let you take the floor Garcelle. Mm -hmm. And then Garcelle goes, all right, I mean, I would actually like to start this conversation, I feel like. And then all of a sudden, the waiter comes in. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the waiter just goes, hey, guys, okay, have you guys had a chance to look at the menu? And it was just so awkward. It was the timing. I just literally feel like production was at the back being like, and go, 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 Yep, yep, definitely. And then when the food came, too. Oh, totally. Just bad timing overall. Anyways, it was a very awkward little... um, Yeah. 
But still, Beverly Hills is just, they're not hitting it, man. They're just not hitting it. We're still going to continue to cover it, but they're not hitting it. You know? But hopefully they get better or something. Um, I think the season has been pretty good. It's uh, better than last season for yeah, sure. Yeah, I've, I've seen Snip. I had seen like some of last season. It wasn't, it was okay. But yeah, please leave us some feedback and um, any and please follow us on follow Apple Podcasts, subscribe, Spotify, leave reviews, five stars, leave your feedback. Oh, I think you already said that. Yeah. Your puffy hair. <laughs> um, all right, guys. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week, and we are signing off. Signing off.